Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Welcome to Door Bumper Clear. I'm Hannah Newhouse filling in for Casey Boat this week. We have Chris Rice from Colleague in the House, and he'll join Brett and TJ to discuss everything from Dover and before Talladega, including Denny Hamlin's comments about Joey Logano, multiple playoff drivers facing problems, new 2020 rules, and plenty more. Here we go. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brent Griffin. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Give me what you got here. Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, it's part of the 22 Cup car, and uh, sidekick here. Brett Griffin, spotter for Clint Boyer, last weekend, had a weekend off in Xfinity Series, and uh, we've got probably the most diverse guest <laughs> we've ever had on our show today. We've had some drivers... We've had some media folks. We've had, we've had some NASCAR industry people. But we've never had a guy that's been a mechanic, a shot guy, a spotter, a crew chief, and now president of Colleague Racing. Chris Rice is in the house. What would it be said? Holla. Holla. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. I'm glad to be here. It's pretty awesome to walk into a place like this and actually be with someone famous like Hannah. Sitting yeah. here beside us. Yeah. Wow, like, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, Thank I mean, you. Yes. <laughs> you don't get to sit beside many people that's famous like her. No. Right. I saw her at Martinsville. I watched the broadcast. Saw you. Uh, heard the you. late model show. Yeah, yeah, that was a yeah. long evening. The funniest thing of the weekend for me on Twitter was when Rodney Childers of uh, said he couldn't afford fans. <laughs> said yeah. he couldn't well, afford a Martinsville late model it's race. Free. Home, homeboy lives on the lake. Got a freaking two hundred thousand dollars. But it, but uh, it was free. free. I know, but he's saying he can't afford a pie, a, a freaking webinar or whatever the hell you want to call it. That's free. Yeah. Well, it's... Come on, Rodney. I agree. Don't give me that. I'm too cheap crap. Come on, man. I have a funny story about Hannah. We're sitting on the plane, and I got it watching because, you know, my dad builds late models, um, which Josh Berry, I mean, just killed everybody there. But like, And everybody's like, we're talking about the MRN deal, and then Hannah comes on. They go, hey, is that that girl from Bristol? Is that the same Hannah? (laughs) Still has a job (laughs) somehow. I guess so. Somehow. (laughs) Still getting invited back. Speaking of your dad. Your dad's been building late models my whole life. Your mom still works at South Boston Speedway. I mean, you literally were born into a racing family. Oh, absolutely. I mean, everything I remember is racing, right? Everybody says, how long you been in racing? I've been racing forever. 
you know, we with Elliot Sadler, once we started getting our name going, he, he put us on the map with A&E race cars. And, uh, so he was the first guy to really come in and be successful in your dad's cars. Yeah, absolutely. Won so many races. You know, we won in 94 with him, but really won a lot of races in 95. And he, he was the guy that kind of put myself, A&E race cars, you know, everybody on the map like back in the day. So, I mean, just we raced against Dale Jr. and became friends with all of them. Uh, Mike Dillon, you know, we raced against a lot of people that year, and we beat them. So um, my dad's still doing it. I would not be surprised if he doesn't retire in the next six months, but he's still doing it, still going strong. My mom's still the general manager of South Boston Speedway now that Pocono owns, which uh, – but all we know is racing, right? Like, that's all we've, we've known all our entire life. So, so Elliot was 19 driving. How old were you, crew chief? I was 20. You were one year older than him, crew year. chief, and beating all those guys. Yeah, we had no idea what he was doing. <laughs> so you're, is it Kathy? Yeah, Kathy's my mom. I had no idea. Yeah. I remember we, we ran up there quite a bit. Um, that's cool. Yeah, I remember her well. Uh, I love going to South Boston, though. It's one of my favorite racetracks to go to. She's always running the show up there. Yeah. yeah. She, I FaceTimed her as I got on the plane, and she was actually sitting in a suite at Martinsville watching the late mile race. First <laughs> time she's done that in ever, forever. She was like, I'm just getting too cold to sit outside, and they got her in a suite. But, no, she, she's run it for a long time. You know, Nick Adowski now kind of is, is the owner of that deal, even though it's Pocono, and, and he loves her. Uh, she does a great job, even though she's – my mom, but everybody talks about yeah. how great they do, right? I so. always, I remember seeing her at the track, when, and uh, she's always not super nice and everything. It's always, I always loved going there. So you, you go through the late model deal. What's your first job in, in NASCAR at, at the touring series level? Uh, I was a shot guy. Well, no, I was a spotter for Hermie Sadler back in, um, uh, shoot, well, no. I, ooh, I got to back all the way up Jeff Burton in 1989. I wasn't oh, wow. even old enough to get in the garage. I was 14 years old. I was a gas guy and the tire guy on Jeff Burton's uh, Xfinity car then. Well, it was Bush car back then. And my dad was the crew chief. So we, you know, I was I was the gas guy. 14 years old, but I looked like I was 19. So yeah, I was... you was already a big boy. Yeah. You were supposed to be 16, but I was 14. They lied about my age. They didn't ask you for your social security number. Right. <laughs> I just lied about it. So my 15th birthday was so funny. My mom wanted to get me a Daryl Waltrip signed autograph card. And... She had him put on it, you know, happy 15th birthday to Chris. And he's like, doesn't he, like, gas the car? And all the officials like, doesn't he gas the car? Yep, he's 15. So, yeah. (laughs) She sold you out. She sold me out, didn't even realize it. (laughs) Oh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. uh... So, I got to tell this story. Chris and I, later, the last time you spotted full-time at Cup would have been Buckshot. Yes. Yeah. So, we're we're on the roof in Dover, TJ, and, and he and I are standing up there. And I was like, hey, Chris. I want you to do something right quick. I want you to look around up here. He starts looking around. I was like, now I want you to look down there at Pit Road. He looks down there at Pit Road. I said, all the smart people are on Pit Road. What the hell are you doing up here? You got to get your together yeah. and get off this roof and get down there where you belong. And then you went on really to blow up. Not that you aren't already being successful. That was probably when you climbed the ladder to get up there, too. Yeah, it was. It was when we and climbed the ladder. I was way ladder. too fat to be climbing that ladder. I'm just telling, you know, it's a struggle. That thing had like a cage in it. It was a yeah. struggle for me. It hey, was. Hold my bag. Yeah, that's what it was. That's what it and was. after the race, we all trying to slide down and hurry up and get to the cars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, that's when I remember you literally, you were like done spotting that year. You went inside. You never came back out. And, and I mean, you've obviously blown up. The colleague thing, though, obviously I've been working with you there this year with it. Man, how does Matt Colley fall in love with racing? How'd you get intertwined with him? Well, it goes all the way to uh, back to Blake Cook, which is uh, you know Dale Junior's part of Blake Cook mm-hmm. stuff, you know, with filter, with filter time. time but yep. it goes back to him 
kind of doing something that Blake done. He would take somebody else's ride and just go drive it. And uh, so J.J. Yaley was driving the 32 Cup car, and it was a Coke 600, and J.J. got the BK ride. And he just left those guys the week of the race. So they, J, uh, Blake fit in J.J.'s suit, and he went to the race. Lee Filter, they had called him on the phone. He was sitting in his office said, hey, man, it would be $30,000. You want to be on our car? He's like, yeah, but we need uniforms. We need this. So they got uniforms. He brought about 12 people down, and they had a blast. They ran dead last that entire race. Blake tells his story great. And then he just fell in love with it. Then he was like, well... He was at TriStar, and he, he was thinking about buying into TriStar because he's an entrepreneur. He was thinking about doing it, and he was like, you know what? I ain't going to buy into another team. I'll just start my own team. They met with me. Um, I want to say it was like in May. And what I, were you doing at the time? Kenny Wallace stuff? No, Who I was at you? NTS. Okay. Um, I went to NTS, get close to the home, up at Kevin Harvick's old building. Yeah, yeah, Is that yeah. Brennan? Uh, Brennan, yeah. Newberry. Brennan Newberry. The Newberry family, really good family. You know, yeah. hate, hated to see them leave the sport, but – I was up there, and I knew they were leaving the sport. Brendan was getting out. You know, it was just Daniel Hemrick was driving. I knew it was in the in the era for NTS. And I just was honest with Matt. I went to him and said, hey, man, it's going to cost you this much. But my first question is, why do you want to get in racing? And from that day forward, he tells you that that's what I said to him. I was like, why do you want to get in racing? He told me. You know, he I mean, he basically said it's 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 really cool to be in a NASCAR sport. So, he was like, they called me back about three weeks later. Mm, that's too much money. I really don't want to do it. And I was like, okay, no problem. That's exactly where I was. He called me, I want to say it was the end of October. And he said, hey, you still interested in starting a race team? This 2015? This was 2015. Okay. And I said, well, it's October and you want to start a race team. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so then you don't know if somebody like that is serious, right? So yeah. I, I weighed our options. I went and I talked to Gibbs. I talked to RCR, you know, and I looked around for alliances because I knew that was the only way we could even just contend, right? Like to contend with a big team. I knew that was what we had to do. So picked the RCR deal because they were on top of the world then. 2015, man, they won so many races. They were hauling the mail. So, um, and they, they agreed to do a Xfinity alliance without ever doing it. And I was like, okay. They said, well, how many cars you want? I told them, and I said, they said, okay, we need a hundred thousand dollars, you know, to to put down on it. Yeah, to start. So I, t- I called Matt and said, hey man, I need a hundred thousand dollars. He said, okay, how you need it? I said, um, I need it in a cashier's check, and I need to take it to Homestead. The next day, it was sitting on my doorstep. You know, so he was He's serious. serious yeah. He was serious, and he showed that up front that he was serious. To be able to go and let's go race because it costs a lot of money to race, Man, especially to start up. Yeah, especially oh, yeah. to start up. Startups crazy cost. And you know, we almost if they would have called you illegal with Elliot Sadler at Phoenix, like they should have with the lo- loose lug nuts. Don't get me started on that. Blake Cook would have made it to the final four. Why are you pointing at me? Oh, it was spot. Well, no, you left the lug nuts loose. <laughs> Blake Cook would have made I it wasn't to even the final at the four. Track. I was already back in a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so we we had a great year, and it's just blown up. You know. Um, you had Truex in the car last year, Ryan Truex, and this year with Justin Haley. I mean, it's just we've continued to get better. Our average finish is in uh, like 9.5 with Justin Haley. You know, last year was 9, uh, 11.9. The year before that, it was like 15th. So we're just regular going up and, and now starting a second team. It's just Why did you start the second team? So I look at a guy like Matt, and I go, man, all right, he's coming in. He's spending his own money. He's got this company. It's successful. Why in the world would he want to spend more money and start a second team? Trophy hunting. It's like that right there. Trophies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, trophy hunting. He wanted to win some trophies. It, and we were one of the fastest Xfinity teams, I think, along with Junior Motorsports, to win a trophy, right? Like, right. We're the, we're the fastest single car team without a cup 
cup affiliation. We do have alliance, but we without a cup affiliation. And it was just trophy hunt, man. You yeah. know, put good guys in the cars to make sure that the eleven has the good, the best car that it can have. You know, kind of degrade ourselves. Like yeah. if if we can't go win with AJ Allmendinger in a car, like something's wrong with our race cars, right? And right. I, I I know this, and our team knows this. So um, AJ showed that this year. We went through a bunch of road course races where we sucked. I mean, even though we finished third, we we sucked. Like winning is the only thing we can do. And you know, then you put Ross Chastain in it when you go to a place like a mile and a half. And we run like six. We suck. You know what I mean? Like, so we got to – that's why we done it, to win trophies and to grade our team. To help the 11. It's yes. more info yeah. coming in, too. I mean, it's just – like you said, you get a lot more You get a lot more knowledge every week, double the knowledge if I every had, week. So. If, right. if I had looked at TJ on the first podcast of the year and I said, hey, let's make a bet, Colleg Racing will have more wins in junior motorsports when we get to October, there's no way anybody would have took that bet. I mean, that's a huge – Huge feather in your cap to be doing things that big organizations aren't doing right now. It's not easy to win these races. I mean, Justin Algar, let's go ahead and lay it out there. Justin Algar is one of the best Xfinity drivers there have ever been. Yep. And it's tough for him to pass and beat somebody these days. You know, I mean, as soon as the double zero got the lead at Dover, like Justin couldn't get back by him. You know, and he was very, I was, I was scanning Justin, very frustrated with the pit crew because the pit crew kind of got him behind. He yeah. led that whole race. Got him behind, but to to say we won, and not really just won, I felt like we dominated Daytona, and we dominated the third stage at the Roval. So to do that, and to have more wins than somebody like Junior Motorsports, yes, it's, it's huge, it's but deal. it's, what that does for our race team is, is you, you can't even, I can't even tell you what it does for a race team like us. So you got one team full-time, the plan is for Haley to come back next year, right? Yep, he's He'll already signed up for a second year, he'll be back next year to run for a championship um, you know, we got kicked out this week. That was it, it is what it is. You had to go win. We didn't win, and that's uh, got close. Got close. We done what we needed Restart to do. Restart goes your way there at the end, man. You you, you had a chance, had a shot. So the second car next year, part time, full time. Ideally, what would you want to do with that one? Would love to have it full time. You know, been working really hard on a, a second deal um, to run it full time, and, and obviously that's up to Matt because Matt you know, these days to find a full time sponsor is really tough, right? Um, but. A lot of it's up to Matt, and if we can do that, but that's what our goal is, and to have a third car, to be able to put the A.J. Allmendingers in, you know, somebody to come to mm-hmm. the Speedways. Uh, we want to have four race cars at all the Speedways. Right. Uh, and, and it's feasible because Matt says the more you put out there at a Speedway, the better chance you got. He's it's right. True. He's 100% right. Uh, yeah. well, my favorite part about Matt Collig is, man, and, and I'm not taking a shot at the ownership in the cup level, but with the exception of Chip Ganassi, Tony Stewart, Gene Haas, the majority of our cup owners are really, really, really getting on beyond their glory years. You know what I mean? I mean, you're talking about owners in their 70s and 80s. You look at a guy like Matt, man, he's young. He's got a lot of enthusiasm. He's really investing in the sport. Like, he's the kind of guy that you want to keep excited, keep him around here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I sat down with Richard Childress at Richmond, and you guys will like this story. And he says, yep, tomorrow's my birthday. I said, how old are you going to be, Richard? He says, I don't know when I was born. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you Google said, that? What? He said, if you don't know when you were born, you don't know how old you were. That's a true story. <laughs> just keep going. Wonder just what, keep going. What age is that? Do you start saying that? Yeah. What's a, I don't know. Brett's age, 44. Yeah, 44, you just <laughs> give up. I don't know when I was born. Ah, okay. Well. All right. Awesome. Well, man, we uh, appreciate you having you on. I mean, I, I think you bring a lot to the table for from a guest perspective for us as far as the technical side of the sport. Because TJ and I certainly don't know all the ins and outs of these race cars like you do. So it'll be fun to see what you can bring to the table here. Don't hold anything back and don't suck. Okay, we're I, definitely not going to suck, and we probably will 
probably not going to be a douchebag. <laughs> Thank so, you. But Thank that's you. okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Dover, I was not there. But you guys were. You definitely were partially uh, we there. Did his car race, so he was there. Yep, yep. Yeah, so uh, how was Dover for you guys? Hold on a second. Do you consider what Clint Boria did the other day racing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, he took the green, so he had to have a spot around the roof. So I'm not saying anything about Clint's racing. I'm talking about Brett had to be there. So I was there. I worked, for, I worked for two hours on Friday. I was off all day Saturday, and then I worked Sunday. I had top ten. And I rode around in a parade that was going 170 <laughs> miles an hour. Fastest parade on earth. That's one way to put it, Jason. That may be the smartest thing you've ever said on this show. <laughs> Fastest parade on earth. It's better than his football throw. They, so I heard them before the race, Chris. They said, man, 1969, Richard Petty won a race here by seven laps. And I was like, well, that had to be real fun to watch. About 20 <laughs> laps in, I was like... Man, that whole seven lap thing sounds pretty exciting right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was, man. It was, and I think this is somewhere in here, but man, it was. Uh, that was 20 laps in? It was, it was a battle. I mean, wherever you settled after the restart, man, it just seemed like you were literally stuck. I, that was four laps before I came back out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Did you even make it? <laughs> no, you didn't even make Did you make the green? No, man. We were, we were just moving the playoff cars to their starting positions. So, with what broke, Chris? If if you don't have an impound race, right, you go out and you qualify, and instead of just being able to make minor adjustments to get it race ready, if you hand that race car back to the team, do they find what broke for TJ or no? No, 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 no. What broke on his car, and I kind of went back and watched it last night when I realized that we were going to talk about that stuff, we broke one with Justin Haley at Charlotte qualifying. He made the whole qualifying lap. It's more axles have broken this year than I've known in a long time. Like, I, and yeah. I don't know if it's a bad run of metal because we all kind of run the same axles. Nobody, That's, you know, nobody make you don't make your own axles. No, nobody makes their own axles. And I mean, probably everybody in the garage runs. Maybe two. it's the same people that built those truck motors for that last truck race. Oh <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Got you, Elmore. Yeah, they don't. Like what you said though, you don't build your own. It's just. A bad batch. It, it's very rare to have two cars have axles. You know, I think Nine had an axle problem too, right? Yes. I, no, no, no. They blew a motor. Yeah, but he flung his axle out. His axle was on the apron. Oh, okay. I didn't so, know that. Yeah, I'm guessing. Because That's they, not I, to do with the axle. That's to do with the guy tightening the axle cap. That well, didn't happen. I thought it was Maybe. your axle on apron. I just didn't see it. Yeah, no. that's what they were talking about on the TV broadcast. They went back and they pulled, showed both sides of the nine car, and the nine car still had the cap on both sides. And they said that he was just having motor issues, and he had huh. the you nineteen sure that reported. I think it was a seventy-seven. Yeah, I think it was a seventy-seven. It was Sorensen. Yeah. Okay, we didn't fling ours out. Yeah, so. it, was, it was. You're right. It's seventy-seven. Then when the nine What's, blew up, they immediately threw the caution. And, yeah. yeah. What's fling? Fling. Just fling it? Fling it out. Fling it out. <laughs> he didn't fling his yeah. Fling it out. He flung it out. Yeah. All right, Hannah, let's kick it. Oh, boy. All right. Spot on, spot off. Spot on, spot off. Spot on, spot off. Spot on, spot off. Spot off. Spot off. Spot on, you like it. Spot off, you don't like it. And you say why either way. All right. First topic here. Denny Hamlin's comments on Joey Logano being in the way. Denny Hamlin said it is proven most of these guys would get out of the way and let those leaders race for the end of the stage at that time. I probably shouldn't call Joey an idiot. He's not an idiot. But that's just a bad choice to say that he's fighting for something. He's not fighting for anything. He just needs to run around the racetrack, stay in one lane, maybe the high lane because nobody's running up there, get the laps over with, get the race over with, go home and work on it at Talladega and try to win that race. Take up for your take up for your boy TJ. I can't wait to hear this. Spot on, spot off. You know I, I understand what Denny's saying. Um, 
and nobody likes to be stuck uh, at a track like that. But he's wrong with you're not racing for anything. You're racing for every point you can get at this point. You know where we're at in the points? We're tied with William Byron, and he's got the position on us because he's got a better finish. You take – what would you do for a point right now? You know what you I mean? You do a lot. But, but, yeah, but I, I mean – The argument was made that you never made up a point. You never really had an opportunity to make up a point, which you don't know because you don't know who's going to fall out no, of the we race. we made up a lot of points. We got within two So what, what happened in this stage thing that made him mad? Because I, I, I wasn't looking. We're, I was further back. We were riding behind the 21, just trying to maintain um, – just trying to maintain, just trying to keep pace. We had a fast car. Our car was fast, um, but we weren't trying to just blow by everybody. We were waiting for people to have serious handling issues and get real loose or something. Then if we were better, we'd go by them and drive away, and um, which we did the entire the entire time. But it's different, you know. We didn't move around the racetrack looking to block them. We we're just riding every single lane everyone else was driving. The 19 moves up and drives by everybody. Drives by us on the outside. Drives by the 11 on the outside. Um, but at that point we're trying, we're looking at cars that are going to finish. You know how many times we caught them cars, that 54 and them guys, how many times when we caught them a lot, we got within, I think we got within two laps of that guy and that's another 30 laps. We were probably going to, that's point. You know what I mean? So we're fighting every lap. And I will say this, we didn't move around in front of somebody the night. The guys were raced for lucky dog. We pulled up out of the way, let them Why guys Why is Denny go. mad at you? Because he didn't move up the racetrack, I guess, and pass us, and he wanted us to move out of the way. We were trying to – this different. We weren't going to block him, but that's a lap to us, and that's possibly – a caution comes out, that puts us the hole a little bit bigger to the next car for us. Um, on restarts, we were starting in the back a lot, um, and we don't – like every time – I'm telling you, we let the 24, the 41, the Well, 10. there was one restart where I was 13th, and you were 24 laps down, and you were on my outside – and you drove by me, and you drove by another Lee Lap car, and I literally am thinking, "What in the f- is he doing?" We went. So we then went you for came one. down there, and you're like, "All right, we're not going to race." You. And you moved out of the way. We drove right by by you, and then you just chilled out behind us, which made sense. But I mean, literally, but at that don't... point of the race, I was thinking, "What? What were you doing?" So I can't imagine being Denny going to win a stage. Did Denny lose a stage? He got passed. He didn't move up. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll say this though: we caught the 95. We caught the 95 at Vegas. 95 running the bottom. We're running the top. 95 runs the top. 95 runs the bottom the next corner, next time in three and four. And then he runs the middle, and we get passed with a 19. 19 passes the 95, lets him back go right before the start finish line and wins the stage. And that, that, we didn't do anything like that. We were just running the bottom. And we were riding the bottom. The only reason we went on the restarts because we were getting stuck behind all them cars. If you wave all them cars by, the leader's going to get to you a lot quicker. And we knew we could ride behind you guys and not, and maintain right there. Right. So we, you just go for a lap and then, you go and race, and you run your race. We let you and the one car go, and, and I went down there and said, we're not going to pass you. You have at it. But if you watch, you go back and watch every car that gets close to us within five car lengths of us, we move over four. But when you got a line of cars in front of you, and we were within, we were within what, five laps into the stage when the Denny got, when he got passed? What position were you running? Maybe 37th. But I mean that's a lie. Chris, what you think? <laughs> well, he he answered his own he answered his own uh, debate here. Um, I I think he said he caught the ninety five. Ninety five was going to go one lap down, so he raced him hard to stay on the one lap down side, so he didn't have to take a lucky dog. The problem is, is I've been on your side. I get what you're saying. You're trying to get every position. The the whole problem is, is if you pull up and let one car go, you need to pull up and let everybody go, not just. 
pick or, pick or choose. That's where they get mad, right? Like, so when you see the other day, the 20 car let, I don't know, he, he in the Xfinity series, he was passing people left and right, showing everybody that he had a fast car. Everybody knows he has a fast car. Well, I think where people get upset is, is what you just said. You let the one and the 14 go eventually in the race where you didn't let everybody go. That's the, and what I'm saying, the front part of the field, that's where they get, they get mad. I understand you saying get off the bottom, but I'm telling you, you know yourself. Sometimes your car is so line sensitive, you can't get oh, off yeah, the bottom. Oh, yeah, I agree. They, we, let, we let them guys go much later in the race, and it was a whole way different scenario, though, too. It was a restart, and then we, got, we ran for one lap and then let you guys go. Um, I just think you got to – if Joey is Denny, he's going to be just as mad. If, Absolutely. He's going to be just as mad, and I don't think it's no harm, no foul. I think what happens is when you're mad like that after a race, you're going to say stuff, you're going to throw water in, in EMT's face, and you're going to do all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I would expect so, guys at this point to race for every point they can get to. You know, Oh, 100%. Yeah. Play I know. Off, guys. When we come back out, I looked at the thing, and I'm like, okay, well, this car normally finishes. We get a few yellows and some wave arounds. We could probably catch three or four of these guys and get them. And to me, at this point, we're tied right now for the last spot. We, you gotta, you've got to go for every point you can, you know. And um, like I said, if anybody goes back and watches it, we were the first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Every guy that got to us, and only the top three really got to us. Um, as soon as you one of them gets you, we let them all go. That was the only time we were trying to maintain and just hung the bottom because there's only there was only like five laps left in the stage too. So we were just trying to ride ride right there and make it and get a one lap closer. So. And we got within two laps, I think, of uh, the 54, which would have been huge. So, In his defense, William Byron done it to uh, Kyle Larson. And the 19 almost caught Kyle Larson right there. William Byron was going to go two Yeah, that was right down. in front of us. I was watching it. Yeah. And, and well, we let William – yeah, we let – yeah, I was watching that At too. the end of the race, he started letting people go. What was weird, though, is you literally would watch the leader have over a straightaway lead, and then you would catch a guy like William Byron who, if he goes two down, his day is over. I mean, you're, you're, you're dead in the water. Yeah, you're, it's hard. And because William – and listen to me. He was catching us running a half a second a lap faster than we were. And once he would catch us, he couldn't pass us in the second-place guy who was over a straightaway back over the course of the next 12 laps would all of a sudden run down the leader. And it's like, man, this is the hardest place to pass I've ever seen in my life. Is that the tire, Chris? No. it's it's it, Well, yes and no. It, it is a lot of the tire. But when you're going to do high downforce, you're going to blow a big hole in the, in the air at a mile racetrack that you're in the gas a lot – you have to lift to be able to pass. I always remember any racetrack that we go to that you lift, you're going to be able to pass a lot. Yeah, we've said that for four years on yeah, here. So, but when you're staying wide open, you can't pass. Our Xfinity cars couldn't pass. And no. we have 400 pounds less downforce than what they have. We couldn't pass. It was. I talked to Jeff Burton after the race. He would never say it. If, if, but it was. I'm sure it was way hard to call that race. Yeah. All of them races, you know? One thing I like about Xfinity cars is if you do get close enough to the guy, you can get him loose. You can and the cup cars, you can you can drive right up to the guy's bumper, and you're in trouble. Jimmy yeah. literally was I almost touching the two for I saw 10 him. straight laps. He could not get him to break The loose. only way he did, he drove it in the corner deep enough, and you, you can watch the front of the race car just bounce, and he hit him. Hit him, that's and, right. And he hit him again, and he hit yeah. him again. Yeah. He, he had, you, had, you, you have to hit him or something. Yeah. You have to get their car upset because the air doesn't do it anymore like that, like the Xfinity car. The Xfinity car is kind of cool because when, when they do get close enough, you can see the guy – just start chasing it up the racetrack because he's losing the air on this, the back end. So it, it's, um, you know, I like seeing that. But it's just a tough scenario, though. I promise you, if Denny was in our spot, 
and he's trying to get every point. Whoever's in that spot, you know you're going to – you got to do everything you can right now. If we miss it by one point, we're going to look back and be like, man, maybe we should have tried a little harder to stay on that lap right there or something. I don't – you always look back at what you could do. and So you got to race every lap like you're going – in these playoffs, like you got to get everything you can get right now, a hundred percent. But you got to remember, he's a playoff guy trying to put that guy out, also. So it, it it's oh well, yeah, that that's too. why he's going to say that. So I I don't know if I mean you want to eliminate the you want to eliminate him <laughs> exactly. So I mean, I mean twenty two. Look what he did at Martinsville last year, and Martin Trex Jr. said he would not win a championship. I think he won the championship. I think he did too. So yeah. Well, that leads us to the next one there with Kyle Busch's statement from May that the rules package sucks and the fall Dover race would play out exactly the same way as the spring. <laughs> hey, Pick somebody who's going first. Yeah. Go for it then, Brett. I mean, look, the reality of it is his comments are spot on. And, and the problem is we get better as the year goes on. So the package that was that the, the fans watched in the spring, the cup teams are only going to get better and faster and smarter with it between then and the fall, which they did. So I think that's why you see the drop-off. I mean, I truly believe that Dover is a fabulous racetrack. It's really wide. All the grooves typically come in. But for whatever reason with this package, man, it's right. And it was cool yesterday. You know, I, I said from day one, I don't think this package, you know, I don't know, man. It just – I was frustrated as a spotter yesterday because there wasn't one single thing I could tell Clint to help him pick up positions. And we would run down the one car literally 90 times, and we didn't pass him once. I finished 10th yesterday. I don't remember getting passed once other than when I got lapped, and I don't remember passing a car once. That's that's hard to believe for a 400-freaking-mile race. We let you pass one time. Yeah, you don't count. You're (laughs) you're 25 (laughs) laps down. You know, you just – you said you said before that you liked cold, cooler nighttime temperatures for this package, but not at that racetrack. I like. I'll tell you what we didn't see at Dover that we normally see is any tire issues at all. Dover's one. We of the, need to though. Dover's one of the places that I know, and I was watching a few guys start pioneer the high line, and I'm like, "Ooh, that's kind of risky this early." You know, it's pretty green still. I don't know if I'd be up there 25 laps into the race because that usually leads to some tire trouble, and we didn't have anybody have any right front tire problems or nothing um to me that's we need to have somewhere we need to have some some more fall off i guess some more fall off where you can get in trouble if you run your tires too hard or something like that uh there just wasn't there was no there wasn't enough i mean there was fall off but not like everyone was equal like you if i fell off a 10th you fell off a 10th pretty much and it didn't you know you can't there wasn't enough fall off to pioneer like use them other lanes really effectively they were okay if there was a if there was three or four guys running the bottom right here the fourth guy could swing up and get a run just because those two guys behind that guy can't get in the gas they're because of the air um you couldn't move up to make speed and that's what we need we need to be able to move up to make speed that way there's cars that are good on the bottom still but then you got the guys that get good up top and that kind of that creates the good race in my opinion yeah, absolutely. And and you're right. We You have to lift, like we were just talking about, off the gas to be able to pass. And to do that, you have to have soft tires that are going to be either the right rear is going to be destroyed or the right front's going to be destroyed. Because if you don't, you're not going to be able to pass. And, and we've seen it was not a great race because of that. And I think Kyle Busch was spot on when he said it was going to be another horrible yeah. race. That package fits somewhere like Kansas or fit somewhere like that. We a don't, mile and a half is mile better. And a half. We don't better. need to run it at Dover. And and they're taking their notebook, and they're figuring this out, but we want them to figure it out faster, right? Like, we don't yeah. want to. Well, I want them to figure it out for the fans that paid 100 bucks to sit in the stands yesterday. I want, to, I want them to figure it out for the fans that invested four hours on their couch yesterday watching on TV. We had drama playing out, 
but all the drama was the chase guys that had bad luck. It yep. wasn't the race, and I want yeah. that race. That racetrack's too damn good for us to not put on a good race there. Yep, absolutely. That's Y'all what, run full wide at one time and still didn't crash. That's what bothers me. You need to be able to crash when full of you. The cars are yeah, too that, easy to drive. We so said as, that too. As spotters, you know, five six years ago, we knew you could, when you got within about a couple car lengths, you were going to get tight. That window is now about five car lengths. You know, it's a bigger wake. You you know when you're five car lengths back now, you're running out of air already. You used to be able to get within about two, and then if you broke that bubble, you could get the guy loose. You can't you can't break that bubble now. That bubble's way back here, so you can't get. Even if you get here, like we said with Jimmy, Jimmy was driving all the way to the two, like hitting him basically. And yeah, the forty one and seventeen off of two were doing everything they could to wreck one another. Still couldn't wreck one another. Yeah. They, they were forty degrees yawed out. Dover used to be a challenging racetrack. Because drivers had their hands full. Not saying the guys didn't have handling issues, but the handling man, there was so many guys that would wreck I mean, good guys. Our our top tier guys. And your fast cars would blow right front tires. Your top tier guys were too aggressive were on They were getting loose. How many you used to go to turn one and qualifying in Dover and stand down there in the bottom and watch qualifying there because you knew somebody was probably gonna back it in there because that's just Dover, man. You you know but it wasn't wide open then. It is now. But I mean even you know they're they're still lifting into the corner, but they're there's so much grit. There's downforce. I mean, bef- it's ugh. Ugh. <laughs> frustrated a little over there. I mean, I like good racing. Yeah, no, Dover's always one of those racetracks that I always say people like people need to go to. Yeah, I Dover's one of Dover. my favorites. It's like a, just a spectacle within itself. And it's a challenging the racing. Track. Yeah, like, it's a challenging track. Yeah. Um, speaking of that too, also after Dover, Logano, Chase Elliott, and Blaney fall below that playoff cutoff line. TJ, you can start that oh, one. I mean, spot off for that. Yeah. I would have, you, you know, I'm spot off because mechanical issues. I want to race it out. I mm-hmm. want to race every, against everybody and earn it that way, even though I know this is part of it. Um, you know, I hate it for Chase to have it as well because that was going to be, we race, we raced, you know, all year in the first part of the playoffs to build the buffer. Luckily, you know, we did that. Now we're, we're, even with the last guy, we have you know we built that buffer for something like this. So now we have to go out there and our backs to the wall now, and we have to go out there and perform now. We don't have that buffer now, so now you know you kind of got to be on the offensive more. And um, you know Talladega is a who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, luckily, there's two races left. Going if this was the final race, man, going into this one would be be uh, nerve wracking for sure. See, I, I think after the first round, they need to take all the points away. You need everybody needs to start at zero. Me too. Wow. Oh yeah, that's I, I agree. I, I don't I don't think that buffer is fair because here's the deal. Oh, here's yeah. a car that ran every single lap, and I, I'll use Clint Boy as an example. They've they've I've been involved in it, the indie situation where they had to get in, you know, eight points, whatever it was. That ran every lap, and, and they're still at a deficit because of. The bonuses. The bonuses should get you through first first round, but I don't think it should do anything after. Yeah, that. I, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I mean, it, some of these guys like like the nineteen and eighteen were pretty much locked into Homestead almost, or locked into the final round just because of the bonus. All they got to do is go. It and allows be them to have whatever uh, new style car they need to take to Homestead to where you guys, the fourteen's got to take that. Be- not saying that they don't take their best every weekend, but what I'm saying is is they gotta be on their game every single weekend. If they're not, they're gonna miss it. Yeah, I, I, I don't I think I'm I think mean, it's a good idea. 
It's unfortunate when you look at Logano and Chase Elliott because they fall out so early for mechanical reasons. You know, obviously that's not anything the driver did wrong. Blaney had brake issues late in the race. You know, but I see guys like William Byron, some of them speed, man. Like it comes down to who's going to execute. And if you can't execute as these rounds go on and on and on, it's going to be harder and harder to advance. You cannot afford to screw up, especially at a place like Dover where you can't pass because you can't get your lap back. You're racing for the lucky dog. Long green flag runs means the leader's going to lap another car that's ahead of you on the racetrack. So the, the key now is executing. And when we get to Talladega, it's going to be more on us, the spotters, to execute as much as it ever has been. Obviously, the drivers have to do it too. But here's the weird thing is, TJ and I both know our guys can go win at Talladega. They've done it before. And, and they've done it with us spotting for them. But the problem is we can't go back there and chill and be smart because we can't afford to defer all those points that are going to be available in stage one and the points that are available in stage two. We got to go out there and race our asses off for the end of those stages and then obviously the end of the race. Definitely. <laughs> now, this is going to be nerve-wracking. When I've sure. seen the points, this is honestly, when I've seen the points, I said yes as a fan. Yeah, because now they're going to race for every stage. Yeah, they're going to have to. I did as a fan. I was like, yes. And if they reset them to zero, like you said, you would say we'd yes. all be in a pile, not all just not pile. just five of us, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it'd be m- with the round that Kyle Busch had in round one. There's no reason he should be where he's at in round two. No, it ain't right. No, yeah, no, and, and um, they they need to look at that. They do. If we can get Dale Junior on that. Would appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Send that right over for the pre-race show. Get that going. Um, Kyle Larson wins first time since or in Richmond since 2017. Advances to round of eight for the first time. And loved Caitlin Larson shotgunning a tall boy yeah, in victory lane. Same. Yeah. I yeah, was like, was did anyone else see that? And I was watching it. And then after the fact, they caught it. And they went back and included it. I was like, oh, you yeah, go, girl. Over. That's a girl I've shotgunned a beer with her before. Yeah. And a tall boy at that. I mean, she just let her rip. She's fun, man, and, and this is off topic, but her and Laura Boyer are two of my favorites because they're real. You don't see them on some fake TV show mm-hmm. with fake meetings, with fake drivers. That's not fake. With all the, okay, <laughs> all right. Samantha Bush didn't even have an office at KBM. They had to go and run the fan club girl out there to make she, her an office. She's an executive. Okay, so <laughs> my point is, this is Brad Sweet's sister. We all know who Brad Sweet is. She is fun, man. She's just a big fun, cat, fun redneck girl, and I love people like that. Chris Rice loves people like that. I, dude, I, I, I love that. But what I love more about it, she beat that guy so bad. JP yeah. would be embarrassed. Yeah, I would be totally embarrassed. He should be embarrassed. I'm spot off on this thing because we've hyped up Kyle Larson. We've hyped up. I said he was the show on this show two years ago. How great he was. And for him to just now be advancing to the round of eight and just now be winning after 75 races, he's got to get it together, man. This guy is supposed to be one of the new guys to carry the the, the sport into mm-hmm. the next decade, into the next generation of fan, and he can't do that if he's not winning races. Chase Elliott, Chase Elliott has now got himself winning races. This is the other guy we need to win races. Well, it's back to grading your car. You put – you know, you put the Bush kid in it, or older man in it, it still don't win. So I can't I'm I'm spot on. Like because I, I think Kyle Larson was doing what his car would allow him to do. He was actually pushing over the limit. They wrecked thirteen times this year. Ooh. Think about that. They wrecked yeah. thirteen times this year. Kyle Larson's not gonna wreck a car. He's a dirt racer. So they're wrecking because they either one, they're trying stuff that's making him wreck. Yeah. Right. Or two Kyle's He's trying driving too hard. hard. He's trying too hard. And you know yourself, when you have a great race car, it's easy to drive. But when you have a <laughs> pretty bad race car, you're going to wreck. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm spot on. That's one of his tracks, man. That's one of the tracks you look at and say Kyle Larson's going to be fast there. So, uh, you know, good for him. He got it done. Um, wish we could have contended with him, but we'll never know that. Um, but can you well, know, you spot did. on for him. You, you did when you were blocking the 11. <laughs> well, we didn't, we didn't get near the 42. Stage two, you almost beat him. He actually did beat him. <laughs> we may have. We did be in front of him. We did finish in front I of him. I think he's getting mad. <laughs> nah, I don't get mad. We're gonna get we're trying for every point we can, man. Gotta get it. Oh boy. Twenty twenty rules or uh, cup rules package and new rules announced, including 150 wind tunnel testing hours per organization, ten road crew positions and three organization positions, which was cut from twelve and four, no aero package changes, and twelve certified chassis at any one time per car number and 10 unique chassis designs per organization. Do you Chris, know what, what that, that means? Chris, Chris, tell us all. I was about to say. <laughs> Do you know what that means? <laughs> tell us what all that means. All right, so I'm going to go through the list here. I, I'm I'm not for this 150 hours wind tunnel testing hour. I mean, because it doesn't matter. Because, listen, Stuart Haas has a complete wind tunnel that they built right beside the Concord Airport that is, I mean, now what are you going to do with all those hours, right? So you still are gonna you still gonna work on scale model stuff. You still gonna go to Indy and work on your little cars. Like it, we we got a way around that, right? So that doesn't. The only thing that does is the guy that's buying some wind tunnel time. He's like, oh, I'm not gonna buy none. But to hurt Stuart Haas or to hurt Hendrick, is I'm, I'm telling you right now, they're already figuring out how to build a scale model. And what I mean by that, they'll build a car that's just like this one sitting in front of us. Identical to what you're going to race, and take it to a little small wind tunnel. I thought that I thought they said that included that. They how how are they going to find out? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> if me and TJ know. roll in with our toy car, yeah. So <laughs> we, I was at Bill Davis when we were switching from Dodge to Toyota, mm-hmm. and that that Toyota truck that we bought that come loose in the the wind tunnel, like they they didn't know about that. They had no idea that we took yeah. a Toyota truck. If it hadn't come loose and completely destroyed the wind tunnel. <laughs> Like, what because, an idiot. Because they forgot to strap it down. <laughs> Dodge or nobody would have known that we took a car to that wind tunnel. Right. Nobody. So, wait a minute. What did it look like or sound like when that happened? Were you there? Oh, yeah. What did that sound oh, like? Oh, it was awful. <laughs> it was awful. Like, oh, I mean, it, it completely, if, if you remember when Andy Houston drove the uh, Arrington, was it Arrington? How did you say that? Yeah. Was it Arrington? It wasn't Arrington, but it was, it was yeah. something like that. Yeah. We bought the, car, the truck straight from Homestead and went... Took it to the wind tunnel to build trucks. That's what Bill Davis and them was in, you know, and it was called Area 52. That's what we called the place. And I was running the Xfinity program back then, Bush program, and that they left it loose. Like, and it, it, it come loose, went into the fan, destroyed. I mean, it had motor in it. It still had to rubber on it from Homestead. Jeez. It completely wow. destroyed. That's like it. some Final Destination stuff right there. But here's the, here's, the, here's, here's my the question, thing. Like, the 150-hour wind tunnel, it is what it is. If that's if that's saving a company like Penske money, all they're going to do is take that money. I mean, if you look at testing, they did away with testing. Well, what did we do? We dumped all our money into simulation. We're still going to spend – these big teams are still – going to spend the money and to me some of these things just make the little teams get further and further behind oh it definitely does and we were talking about wind tunnel stuff like right now from now to the end of the year they're going to buy up every bit that's available kick all the small teams out or whatever but you know i would say that it was some votes from some higher up teams that said let's not do this i mean because nascar just doesn't come up with this stuff now i've sit in some high-end meetings you know with with different people you know we have a lot of meetings to be able to to do what we think's right all of it's not right do I think this is right? I, I just think we find a way around it. And then, you know, the 10 road crew positions, 
when you say you're cutting positions out, and I know I've talked to Kevin Hamlin a lot about this because spotters are going to be on the roster now. I think y'all got to run fuel, sit observation decks up. Y'all got to do tires and clean in. Yeah, we're going to ask you about that in a minute. And, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So um, when I see that, I, I don't think a spotter needs to be on the roster for one. Okay. I, do, I just don't. I, um, but I, I think we can do it with less people. We have in the Xfinity Series. We have been able to Some cup adapt. teams do it with less people. Correct. We have been able mm-hmm. to adapt. Uh, so I, I think this is fine. D- does it need some shaking up? Does a spotter need to be on it? No, absolutely not. Let me, let, let's stop on that because we're a spotter podcast. Cup spotters, okay, it is a luxury, literally. I, I say this meaning it. He was off on Saturday. Listen to me. He, can you replay yep. that real quick? He was <laughs> it off is a Saturday. luxury for colleague racing to be able to hire someone of my status at the rate of which I'm paid to come over and help your program. So if they take that spotter and say, you got to do all those things, you got to run fuel, you got to run tires, you got to do X, Y, and Z, and it makes me not available to your organization, A, how does it hurt you from you filling that position from a performance standpoint, but then B, financially, what does it do to you? Well, I told you this the other day. You know, you were asking me about that. You were kind of talking about it, and I said, we can't afford it. It's not in our budget. It's $54,000 that it's going to hurt me if I got to take a spotter with me, not counting his salary. I'm just talking about our travel, our right. you know, putting you on our plane because you ain't gonna come down and wipe the car down. Like you can't. I, I mean, you're on the roof. Yeah. So I mean, like it, it's gonna hurt me along with it, and that's where we teams will go fight for the spotters not to be on the roster, and it probably can be whether they change or not. I don't know whether the cup teams say, well, I don't really need our spotter on the roster. I don't know, but like it, it's gonna really hurt the lower. The lower divisions, and when I say lower divisions, the Xfinity, the trucks, Truck. even like when you, you're going to take the new K&N Arca Series, it's going to hurt them. It's going to hurt anybody that's at the cup racetrack because we lean on spotters, we lean on pit crews, we lean on a lot of things that is driven through the cup series, and that's definitely going to hurt There's a small group of spotters, and almost all the spotters would do all the series. There's very few... There's very few designated Xfinity spotters only. We don't. I don't even think there is any. Brandon Lyon was the last one I remember at RCR. So, and there's no there's no real truck guys that are. Hey, I got this guy all the time. That he just does truck series. They rely on us. Um, there's like a, there's a group of forty forty five people maybe that spot total and does all the series. So you got the same group on the roof every week. It helps NASCAR out as well. That's the thing I get. Like the, well, like to the NASCAR piece, TJ saying. TJ, if they bring up a K&N spotter and he now has asked to do an Xfinity Series race because a cup spotter isn't available, and they're barking out all these orders, how long is it going to take to get that right? Well, I'm just saying that, and a lot of times you get a guy up there and they, I'm giving him cables out of my bag because he doesn't have a cable hooking this they're radio They're asking up. you, what does that mean? Yeah, I've had we had spotters. one. What does that mean? Good example, we had one at Watkins Glen that we couldn't hear him. I think it was on your channel, on the 10 channel. We couldn't hear him because he had his, his cord plugged into the scanner port. He's talking, but he had his cord plugged in the scanner port. So that yeah. that would be the people like I'm gonna have to use like a truck driver, right? Then that's not gonna work. Right. Because you got a hundred thousand yeah. dollar race car out there and 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 a guy that's never spotted. It you know, it'd be a bit just like asking Hannah to go up there and spot. Her mic would be hot a lot. Yeah. I mean, because you know how she Not is about it. I know what she'd call Close a driver. channels, though, right? One of, the, <laughs> one of the things, too, is we've been to these tracks a lot of times. We've seen a lot of wrecks. We know a lot about where cars are going to be. And like you said, you got an expensive race car going on the racetrack. You want to take care of it the best you can. Your guys work. All these crew guys work their tails off in the shops and on the road. And to tear a car up, man, that that's I hate tearing cars up. Those guys put so many hours into these cars. That's why I don't like seeing guys go after each other after the races and stuff either because 
these guys work on these cars. I've been on the crew. I we you work a lot of hours, and for somebody just to get mad and go tear the side of the car off, I mean, people have to fix that. So you know what my rule is? If you call racing, you tear it off, you fix it. You wreck somebody after the checkered flag, you're paying for it. That's a good role. Like I that's mean, just the way it is. You, you can get out. You can throw water on them. You can do whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah, but you are not going to tear our race cars that, up. It's senseless. Both work. of them. It's Both senseless. Them. Whoever cars yeah. it is, do not tear those race cars up after. The checkered flag. Yep. It's over. If y'all wreck coming to the checkered, okay. I'll oh, pull. you're racing. You're racing. Yeah. But afterwards? Yeah. Well, I mean, it just creates senseless work for the guys in the shop and money. You're just throwing money away at that yep. point. So, yeah, I don't – there's a safety part of this, too. NASCAR expects a lot of their spotters when they give us lineups and they give us things like that. And to work with the same group every week and almost every show just helps their show move more fluidly and more consistently, in my opinion, as well. We – and safe more safer you know and yep. and everything so I what, what does this chassis thing mean i, I mean i realize what? what it says 12 chassis only 10 unique designs how, how i mean how big out of the box can you get with these chassis as far as design oh man huge huge I, I and i always go back to race teams you you we have a lot of chassis we were sitting down talking about it today how many chassis we need to buy what do we need to do to gear up for maybe four speedway cars maybe three at the road courses then you know we have in our shop right now 19 complete race cars you know with bodies on them that that we can put suspension on and go race that's an xfinity team with you know basically two cars you think about a cup car um you know they just have a ton of chassis and what they're doing is they're gearing up for 2021 right so you look at this no aero package change and the reason they did that even though the race this past weekend was horrible awful can i say that on here yeah you say it It was it was awful that if you change something, then they got to go to design it again. They got to go to work again. You leave it alone, at least they have one year under their belt, yep. and they can just improve on that with the 150 hours that they have. So that that all of that is okay. Do they need to adjust it? Adjust the tires, absolutely. But to that's get the biggest thing. If you get 12 chassis is going to make it to where that you're not going out racing against Stuart Haas that's putting a brand new chassis on a racetrack every week. Yeah, you know? I think I heard you had to run it at least three times as a primary yep. before you could. But basically retire it. That's right. And, and that's oh, good. Yeah, yeah. That's like engines. They did that with engines, right? Yeah, like we run engines much longer than what we used to. Guess what? Knock on wood, you don't see many blown up engines. Right. Well, not uh, as many as you've seen at uh, Vegas in the truck series. Right. <laughs> that was not a fun place to be on pit road. I'll just tell you that much. I think an important thing that you mentioned earlier, too, is it, we go back to the playoff point things as well. You know, the guys that get in early – their 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 chassis are getting updates. They're going to unload at Homestead. They got more time to build this spectacular piece, Homestead only car. That's right. To do that, so and uh, this will help that. Um, I don't know how many. You know, I don't know what they're going to do in twenty one. How many you're going to get? So, um, but yeah, this is definitely gearing up, being towards that. I imagine what that twenty twenty one car is going to look like. Maybe I might have seen one. Uh, maybe. Yeah, rumor is they're building one right beside your shop. That probably is true, but uh, <laughs> it might even been in my shop. Who knows? Might have. <laughs> it is. Uh, you know what? I kind of like it. Yeah. Believe it or not, I kind of like it. It's going to be a change. It's going to be different. People going to hate it. People going. But I, I kind of like the direction that we're going. And they're calling it the next gen, not Gen Seven, right? <clears throat> That's what I've heard. Yeah, I think you're right. I, don't, I, don't hey, I got a question for you. I just thought about this. You know, how do you like? in the position you're in, how we've all, forever we complained about how the rules were after the race. Like we didn't like waiting until Tuesday or something. 
I know you were a victim. <laughs> Thanks. You well, <laughs> you were a victim of it. But how do you think that's progressed, and how do you like it? You know what I mean? Like knowing that night, you know, if you're first, second, or third, you know where you're at. I hundred percent love it. Yeah, uh, I, I voted for it. I, the, even the height deal that we got called for at uh, Watkins Glen's one hundred percent on us. Uh, we messed up. Um, I like it. I love it. Yeah. I think it's great for the fans. We I don't talk it, about it at all anymore either. It's yeah, not an issue. Not like, an you issue. know. Yeah. You know. Like I, I think it's great for the owners. I think it's great for the team. Does do you feel like an idiot? Absolutely, you feel like yeah, an sure. idiot. Um, just in our situation, it happened to AJ Allmendinger back to back times. You know, yeah. one of them was a motor issue that was a complete fluke, and then. We just didn't lock our jack bolts down, and that's on us. We never had to, we, and until this, until then, we never did. But now they're locked down every week, and knock on wood, both our cars have passed tech ever since. So yeah, um, it's it's nice to know, though. Yeah, a hundred percent nice to know, and I I, I believe everybody else the same way because yeah. they held all of us playoff cars this past weekend, even though we got kicked, you know, people got kicked out to see if okay, did somebody get you know, fail tech and get mm-hmm. disqualified. I, I, I love it. I think they've done a really good job. Like, you know, it's either, it's black or white right now. You're either in or you're out. That's you right. either make it or you don't. And there's no, well, okay, well, let's wait until two. I mean, it's like, I think it's good. Yeah. They've but done a really good job. A lot less stress in our life on Tuesday, I can tell you that. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, let's see what's coming up this week on the Dale Jr. Download. The Dale Jr. Download. Listen up. When you're done listening to Door Bumper Clear, go listen and subscribe to my podcast, The Dale Jr. Download. This week, he's honest, emotional, and raw on the track and off. Bubba Wallace joins the show. Don't forget to catch us on TV Tuesday, 5 p.m. Eastern on NBC Sports Network. The Dale Jr. Download, available on major podcast platforms. What is OfferPad? We're the new way homes are sold. We're your online home buyer. OfferPad is the modern selling solution with a human touch that lets you skip all the traditional headaches. Selling to OfferPad means no showings, you pick your closing day, and we'll even move you locally for free. Go to OfferPad.com, enter basic information about your home, and the next day, we'll send you a great offer. It's free, and there's no obligation. We want to buy your home, so request your offer today. OfferPad. Move freely. We got Chris Rice in the house. Chris, did you ever put that pool in at your house? I'm on it, baby. All right, so we got a sponsor, man, called OfferPad.com. So once you get your pool in, if you decide you need to relocate, man, you go into OfferPad.com, you put your name, you put your address, you put some pictures on the website. Boom, within 24 hours, they'll make an offer to buy your house. Yeah, and the uh, best part about it, if you do sell, you know who moves it? Me and Brett. No, OfferPad actually does move for you. They move your stuff for you. They'll so relocate actually, you locally, man. They'll relocate you locally. And, uh, for you know, I'm sure we could be tipped into it. You can pick your own closing date, <laughs> avoid showings. You don't have to deal with people. You don't have to deal with open houses. You literally go on their website, OfferPad.com, put in your info, 24 hours, cash offer, 10 days you can have the money and run. Yeah, there's a lot of other good perks, too, that you can check out on the website. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of good things to make you think about it. So if you're looking to sell, offerpad.com. Let's have a pool party before we do it, though. Absolutely. <laughs> and we just had a fan tweet us this week. Carl said he used Offerpad to sell his house because he heard you and PJ talking about it. I saw that. That's awesome. Perfect. Uh, yeah, offerpad.com. Let's go in the fast lane. Three racing questions. One off-the-wall question. 30 seconds to respond to each. Only 30 seconds. How are you going to stop from talking? Good luck. Fast lane. All right, first question here. After Sunday's race, Jimmy Johnson tweeted, I remember a day when you could pass with a faster car, and that was not today. While NASCAR tweeted the racing was the most hypnotizing thing we've ever seen. 
Have you ever seen it as hard to pass in a cup race than it was at Dover? Brett, you start. Who is the social media person at NASCAR that tweeted that this is the most <laughs> hypnotizing thing we have ever seen? I don't know if they know anything about marketing or being hypnotized, but there's no energy or enthusiasm around that. Y'all might want to, uh, I don't know, Google that word or something before y'all send it. It was the hardest I've ever seen it to pass it over. And, and, and there's a seven-time champion speaking out on it. If you don't listen to him, I don't know who you're going to listen to. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Jimmy Jimmy is maybe one of the best, maybe the best driver at Dover that we've had in the last 15 years. One of the best guys. And, um, you know, and I, I mean, Jimmy's probably right. First, let me get the 22 out of my way so I can start. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely hypnotizing. Next. <laughs> Next. <laughs> and we definitely need to work on the entire package, tires, aero package, and everything before yeah. we go back. I agree with Jimmy Johnson and what Clint Boria said. It might have been a worse race he's ever been in in NASCAR. That's what, what Clint said? On the radio. Oh, on the radio and it was over. What about a yeah. really soft tire and just take the spoiler off the back? Let her rip. Let it rip. Her mic was hot, y'all. What a... Okay. Tyler Reddick was officially announced to the number eight cup ride full-time in 2020. Which driver do you expect in a new ride will perform best next season? Reddick in the eight, DiBenedetto in the 21, Busher in the 17, or Bell in the 95? Well, I can't say Dedebetto's name, so... Uh, Same. I can't say it, but he will perform the best in the 21 car. He will win two races and make it to the playoffs and probably make it to the final 12. I'm going to go out and say that. I think RCR has a lot of work to do. Reddick will definitely help that. Uh, Bell is going to... Have his hands full. So Dedebetto, I have you say his name, will be the best. Um, yeah, I think uh I think <laughs> you want to go on me to go. I already started. So I think uh I think Matt's gonna Matt's a really good race driver. What's he, his name? D Benedetto. Oh. Yeah, he's a really solid race driver, and I think mixing him in there with uh with Joey and Brad's gonna be a good combination and Blaney and stuff, it's gonna be a good combination. Y'all are both wrong. Christopher Bell's going to be lights out in that Gibbs stuff. Are y'all kidding me? You're going to have to see some improvement on the 21 car, and I think Matt brings that to the table. Um, I think, you know, Busher's going to get in the 17 and, and certainly finish more races than Ricky's done and give himself a chance potentially to make the playoff. I mean, if Newman made it, Busher may be able to make it. Redick in the eight. Uh, I'm with Chris there, man. I, the RCR is is in a big year, in my opinion, next year, and they're going to have to be on the way up in order to keep the ship going in the right direction. I think Reddick's scrappy, too, though. That's a good – like, he's going to have some good runs. He'll race you. He don't even know what we're talking no, about. Yeah. Oh, you guys got white claw? <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no law in drinking a claw. See? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Chris knows. <laughs> Oh my. I got an 18-year-old oh daughter that ordered the shirt off of Amazon and told her mom, oh, it was for my roommate at college. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So my right. brother-in-law, uh, Mark Hampton, he uh, <laughs> no he was down He was down seeing a good friend of, of his That's in South good. Carolina, a guy named Billy, who listens to our show. And Mark came up to my house because I got my floors being ripped out. I moved out of my house last night to, to fix my first downstairs. So Mark don't drink no more because Mark had a little bit too much fun. Anybody, anybody that I find that doesn't drink, usually they probably went over the limit on the fun meter and they had to realize, <laughs> okay, when I drink, I'm too fun. I got to quit drinking. So Mark's on the quit drinking kick. Well, I have nothing in my garage refrigerator except beer. Well, you would think he'd be smart enough to know that. Well, he opens it up, and he sees all these Trulias and White Claws because Freddie's Megan that I hang out with. Megan loves that stuff. 
So it's all in my refrigerator. The black cherry is all his favorite. Well, he grabs one. He gets in his truck, starts going down the road. He cracks his thing open. He thinks he's getting ready to drink seltzer water. Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of people. And chugs it. He had to pull over, spit it out, pour it out because he's scared he's going to get an open container. Oh, my God. So that's my Mark Hampton story for uh, for the week. But, yeah. So it is a law in drinking a claw. It is a law. (laughs) Never heard that saying, (laughs) man. (laughs) He goes, ain't no law drinking in a claw. Jay's like, dang right. Oh, headed to Talladega with both of your drivers outside of the playoff cutoff. Will Thanks for bringing you that up. Approach? Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. We just we'll skip g- this question. <laughs> it is Talladega. I don't think Brett your game or, plan is to survive. Yeah, I don't think Brett or me know what kind of, what's going to go down there yet and who's going to be. I know we're going to have to work together at some point. Um, you're going to have to. You're going to have to have help. You can't uh, go there single car and dominate. She the didn't race. even ask you the question yet. Oh, y'all yeah, are really ahead. nervous. Sorry. I mean, y'all are freaking out. Freaking out to go to Talladega. <laughs> Next. Um, Be blocking like hell. Well, what I don't understand <laughs> is, as, as a, a manufacturer last year, we went down there and dominated that race. I mean, we were awesome. And to TJ's point, we all got a lot of stage points. We all did really well. Uh, Amarola won the race. I think I finished second. Um but I don't know why we don't have a big master plan going into that weekend, and maybe we will by the time Sunday rolls around. Uh, but but the way these pl- – and, and I did an article this week on The Athletic with all the playoff spotters. It's going to come out in the next day or two. TJ was uh, kind enough to send me a quote in. Only had one spotter that chose not to participate. Um, it just so happens he's last in points. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'm with TJ, man. We need to work together to not screw each other and not put ourselves in bad positions because without a dancing partner, you look like an idiot at Talladega. Yeah, we that the spring race we um, that happened. We uh, got trained at the end. We were lined up at a seventeen, and uh, Kyle was back there, and they shuffled Kyle and they shuffled to seventeen. When they shuffled those two out, we were we were sitting duck. We tried to hold them off as much as we could. I think we we were able to hold Chase off, but then we couldn't. Can't block them all. Can't block them you all. You know, and Kurt was able to. Was Kurt right? Went to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kurt got inside, and and uh, yeah, there just wasn't a lot you could do. But I'm sure we'll have a a very um, you know, we'll have a good plan going there, and we'll be looking for each other and and trying to help each other as much as we can because we all need to maximize our points for that day. Uh, you can't afford to be out there alone, wolf by yourself, and hanging on. Spotters just want to see their car finish this race because that usually means you've had a good day. But for us, that's not going to be enough. We're going to have to have two good stages. So both of these guys are wrong, and what's going to happen is the manufacturers are going to get together, and they're going to they're going to just keep pushing each other like Chevrolet dominated, and they're going to try to get all the Fords in there, and they're going to try to get all the Toyotas in there, which Toyotas behind Toyota, because they don't have only a lot, got five cars. But I'll guarantee you, the Fords get in a meeting. They'll probably bring you guys in when it gets close enough. I hope it ain't on Saturday because I'm going to South Carolina Georgia game, and they're going to tell them this is what's <laughs> going to happen. And drivers, you got to deal with it. I'm telling you. When we won Daytona with our Xfinity car, I told all three of our drivers and all three of our spotters, here's the deal. The 11 car means the most. Do not wreck the 11 car. He needs to get into playoffs. But I need you guys to work with each other no matter what. And that's what's going to happen when you get down there on Sunday. And I'm going to say a Ford will dominate this race just because they have been bringing the heat lately. And it's going to be tough to beat those guys. Doug Yates is a horsepower machine at plate tracks. Yep. Ding. All right, last question here. Off off the wall question. A whiskey distillery in London is selling alcoholic Tide Pods, which are seaweed-wrapped whiskey pods that contain one of three cocktail flavors that you pop in your mouth and swallow. I Would you try looked, one of these? I want to know who looked this up. 
This was on the Google News business page. White. It was like one of the top oh, stories. White Claw. White Claw. White Claw over here. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't no law. <laughs> Brett, you going to try one? Well, I want to know what the person looks like that's handing it to me. Because if they look really nasty. So one of them guys this, that was going to be on stage behind us in Dover. You yeah. wouldn't, if they not. hand me this pod out of their hand and it looks disgusting, I'm not going to drink it. But if they're... <laughs> Clean looking person, or if they just give me a box, let me get it myself. He's you lying. know what I'm saying? He's going to take it. <laughs> we all know. But it that. depends on how many shots I've had. Now, before there we go. Now yep, the truth yep. comes out. <laughs> He's going to take it. I'm not taking it. I can tell you that right now. Not You're not taking it. I'm not. I don't have an issue with what's inside of it. I'm worried about the cleanliness <laughs> of the seaweed wrap. <laughs> let me tell you, I am not gonna take it and the reason why if they say pop it into your mouth does not sound good nor does swallow sound he good. took it there okay all right oh <laughs> 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 we did have some good times before cell phones cell phones screwed this whole sport up camera phones i don't think oh it's wait just... a minute we didn't finish that page yet man this is a good i'm, I'm changing this subject <laughs> This is Listen, really nice, by the way. Cell phones didn't screw the sport of cell phones screwed a lot. Not just you know, the sport. When you go yeah. find a sponsor or when you go talk to sponsors now, that's what they talk about. How many people are watching on their phone? Not how many people in the grandstands. Yeah. How many exactly. people are watching on their phone? That's so right. exactly. You know, we, we talk about that a lot and you could go on for hours, but how many people are watching on their cell phones? Yep. You know. I watched Alex Bowman in car camera because I want to hear his throttle trace yesterday for probably twenty minutes. You know, just sitting there watching it, like, hypnotized. Brilliant word, by the way. Hello, I'm a PR person. I'll say this. Look at our magical sport. It will hypnotize you. The NASCAR app is actually pretty good. It's actually really good. It's It's awesome. It's pretty good. I've really Our fans have better access than any other sport. They do. Period. Because I want to listen to my Cleveland Browns. I want to listen to what the coaches got to say. You can't hear that, but you you can hear it in NASCAR. You got a big game tonight. Big game. And I'm going to be at A.J. Allmendinger's wedding. That's good. Well, you'll be she's, watching on your phone. <laughs> she's she's uh she's hot and fun. She's a lot of fun. She yeah. you know she is really cool and he's done well. So yeah, oh AJ, I like AJ. He's a good dude. You want authentic and affordable memorabilia? PristineAuction.com has got it. It's an online auction site that has many different types of auctions, including daily auctions with bids starting at just one dollar and ending nightly. And don't forget about one of my favorite, the ten minute auction. Another cool way to win items quickly. PristineAuction.com guarantees the authenticity. And for once, I want TJ to have to say all the hard words because for some reason they want me promoting the hard words, man. It's uh, it's the best place to go to get the best autographed memorabilia. I'm a memorabilia nut. I've got freaking Michael Jackson stuff in the house. I got you talk about Jeff Burton. I got Jeff Burton signed Nike racing shoes. You remember when those things came out in the 90s? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got the blue ones. Well, just like Brett said, Pristine Auction guarantees the authenticity of all the items. Look at you. But uh, check out some of these items. The Dell Jr. signed number eight Budweiser photo for just twenty eight thirty five. Clint 35. Boyer, man, Clint Boyer signed photo went for twenty bucks. I'm gonna have to get some of those up, man. I need some new shoes. <laughs> he bought it himself. That's what I was gonna did. say. Yeah, Brett, Brett, congratulations on winning that I know, auction. I'm a proud owner. <laughs> yeah, it's quick and free to register. And uh, you only pay when you win. Here's the cool part as a DBC listener. Enter the registration code CLEAR, C-L-E-A-R, into the very first box of the registration page. Yeah, and as a New Year's, you'll get an immediate $5 auction credit to spend 
and uh, let them know we sent you. That's right. If you love DBC, check them out. Enter the registration code. Save some money. PristineAuction.com. P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E Auction.com. Check them out. See what we've been on next. All right. Ask DBC. Uh, first question here. Larry L 96 asks, TJ, what was your boy thinking pulling out in front of Larson at the end of stage two? As if we haven't, you know. I have no idea what this. he's even talking yeah. about. We didn't pull out in front of Larson at all, I don't think. That's when you were hypnotized. Yeah. <laughs> I must don't remember been, it. Must have been on the NASCAR app watching some in cars. <laughs> I don't we didn't uh I don't ever remember pulling out in front of Larson. Um every time Larson got to us, we were up out of the way, moving out of the way and and uh yeah. All right, next one. Uh point two pros asks if NASCAR throws random cautions to improve the race why were they sitting on their flags Sunday? Hashtag conspiracy theory debunked. I don't think they're uh, in the business of throwing BS cautions very either. much anymore. And listen to me, we're coming off the Roval where there were a lot that were in question, but we went through last week on why that was a different scenario. To start the race, when Chase Elliott blew up, Kurt Busch, Clint Boyer, all those guys behind him, they went nuts on the radio because I was standing with all their spotters because we didn't think that warranted a caution. That, in my mind, was the only caution of the day because when we have a stage break, it's a green-white checker, then the top ten cross, then we throw a yellow. In my mind, that shouldn't be called a caution because it's not. It's a stage break. In my mind, we had one caution yesterday. It was for a mechanical issue where the guy on the 77 didn't tighten up the axle or whatever that was. I actually put a poll out this morning on Twitter. Should we call a stage break a caution? As 61% of the people said no, 26% of the people said I don't care, 13% of the people said yes. So – I was one of the thirteen percent that said yes because it's a yellow flag. It ain't a caution, but it's a yellow. We flag. We shouldn't even throw it. We should finish well, under throw green an white. Orange flag, then don't throw a yellow flag. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Finish under green white. Just finish the whole field under green white. So, do you think you should win a trophy for winning a stage? A trophy, in the sense of after the race, NASCAR awards you a trophy. No, just a trophy no. in general. Well, I mean, NASCAR is going to be the track, or NASCAR is going to have to award you the trophy. No, we make stage win trophies. The crystal. They're about that tall I've seen stage win. I've seen and it. I hang the banner. Why wouldn't you? It's a it's a checkered flag. It's a green white checkered you flag. You made it to the end of that that what they call that part of the it's race. It's a stage win. Stage what? Win. So why wouldn't a yellow flag be a caution? Why why do they throw the yellow flag is my point. So just keep going? Just green white it. Green I, white it and call it good. I don't care if they keep going or not, but there's no, it's no, there's no reason for a caution. There's no debris on the track, there's no wreck. So we could call it the first quarter. Call it the first stage. First third, being as this three. Yeah, first but third. You still take a break. Take a break. Don't so are you count saying throw? Laps. Are you saying throw that like green checkered and just let them keep going and eliminate that like? No, we got to stop because the fans saying. need to go to the bathroom and get their white claws. <laughs> we're stopping for TV. I mean, let's not be stupid here. That's yeah. why this whole well, thing we're stopping came about. also because but it should not be called a caution. It's not a caution. It's a I don't stage care what break. What you call it? If you want to call it a caution? I'm glad they throw the caution there because number one, it creates strategies. It puts it puts. Do you pit? Do you stay out? It, it swaps the field sometimes. It creates guys it, – it creates two different strategies a lot of times. The guys that stay out, okay, we're going to try to hold them off here and see where we can end up. Or, you know, you got the guys that are obviously leading the race that come down, then they got to pass some cars. I don't care what they do. I'm just saying it's not a caution. Caution or, is for wish, a wreck or debris. I wish at the end of the stage, green-white checkered, I wish we uh, – excuse me, at the end of the green – Shotgun beers with Larson's old lady. Well, that too. But, like, I wish we <laughs> had green-white checkers at the end of them. I wish they wouldn't end on the caution. Yeah. Caution. <laughs> Drinking word of the show. Caution. And TJ being 24 laps down. 
Anyways, uh, this one's for Chris here. Um, yeah. <laughs> More Fooligan asks, what are some of the challenges you face at calling as president to keep up with some of the bigger teams in the sport? <laughs> That's, that, is, that is a big challenge. But to do it, you just have to have good people surround you. Uh, it's all about your people, and you got to maximize what you have in your race shop, not worry about what they have. And if you do that, normally you can keep up with them. Um, you know, the Gibbs, the Junior Motorsports, the RCRs are definitely – they have – six times the people we have so that is tough but if we maximize what we have then we normally can keep up with them i got a question for you on the same note you've won a plate race this year you've won a road course those are specialty races i know you well enough to know that winning an oval has got to be big on your list like how do you close that gap with those organizations you just referenced because i watched the race on tv at dover and i could see justin haley wasn't making the grip that those other guys were making now you guys pulled out a miraculous finish third or fourth 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 so with that said like how do you close that gap is that you and rcr closing it together is that you closing on your own like well how do you fix that we're gonna have to close it on our own you know we we put uh ross was in our car at chicago and gave us some good direction um and I feel like when he gets back in it at Kansas, he'll let us know whether we went right or wrong. And and not, you know, Justin Haley has gave us great direction, but he hasn't drove these cars, so he don't know which direction to go. Uh, Tyler Reddick has a different driving style than anybody else in the world. Um, so we can't – every time we put his stuff in, we're slower, so we have to find our own. So we got to find a direction to be able to keep up with the Gibbs cars, and to do that, we – have to do exactly what we did with AJ. We got to take what our drivers are telling us and improve on that, not think, oh, well, you know, we missed it here, we missed it there. You know, it's kind of like what we did with Elliot Sadler going to, to Las Vegas. We knew where we were going to be and we manufactured a top 10, and that's what we needed to do. So right, right. we got to do that going to Kansas. We're going, we have set our mind to it in, at College Racing. We're going with a different package the rest of the year at all these mile and a half. We've been doing traditional stuff. We're going with different package, so either we're going to be way worse or we're going to be way I, good. I think the cool thing for me is the computer and the engineering side, I realize, is driving what you're taking to the racetrack, but you're listening to the driver. You're not looking at the driver going, dude, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to drive. Like You know you can trust what Justin and what Ross are driving and what they're doing and what they're saying, and you're, you're feeding off of them. Because sometimes, man, crew chiefs, engineers, they, they, get, they go against the driver. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that's not what I see. This, this is what I see, and it's like, hey, bro, like, you've only got one tool here, and it's a driver. These, yeah. these computers get – when the computers start overriding the driver, you got problems. Exactly. And we, we have great engineers. We do have uh, four engineers at our disposal, and we – you know, so we have great engineers, but we have to come up with something that we can beat these guys with at the Oval, and we haven't. Even Tyler Reddick has kind of fell into the mile-and-a-half wins. Don't forget that. It wasn't yeah. like, you know, Vegas, he won it on fuel mileage. So it's not like he just was dominant at those places like we were at the speedways and road courses. So, um, yeah, we got to go to work on that, and we know that. And Alex Akers, AZ, asks, with Talladega on the horizon, what's the craziest wreck you've ever had to spot your driver through? Uh, TJ, you can start this. Um, ah, man. just I think one time we got turned at Daytona and that's when we got flipped and Del Jr. slide on his roof down the backstretch and I told him to hold the brake. So didn't realize that was probably not a good term to use at that point. I mean, all four wheels are in the air. So, um, but that, that was, that was one of the craziest wrecks. I don't know if I've ever driven through. I think, uh, I think I flipped Elliot down the backstretch 13 times one time. Uh, now I actually, um, Del Jr. was on his outside and Jr. kind of swerved like he was going to come down 
and Elliott moved to the inside, and I think Kurt Busch might have been on his inside, and it clipped him in his left rear, and it shot him just flipping down the freaking backstretch. And just as you think they're going to stop flipping, they hit just right. Boom, they start flipping again. It's yeah. like the barrel rolling is even faster. I rushed to the infield, met him at the infield care center. He was in an argument with the doctor because the doctor wanted to give him an IV. And Elliot hates needles. And he goes, and they, Chris knows Elliot as well as I do. Elliot goes completely bat crazy on this guy. So then the guy was like, oh. You must be concussed. We're going to med flight you to Birmingham. So guess what they did? They loaded him on a freaking backboard on TV, put him on the helicopter, flew him to freaking Birmingham on the helicopter. So I'm on the phone with his mom and dad going, hey, he's fine. He's just mad because he's mad. They're sending him to be for concussion protocol to have his brain scanned and all this stuff. So Will and I jump in the Explorer. We fly to Birmingham, and we sit there all freaking night for them to say, hey, nothing's wrong with you. You can go home. Hmm. I thought you would have picked uh, at Pocono. That's what I thought. The backstretch well, of the Pocono? the Pocono backstretch wreck, they started wrecking in front of us. I'll never forget it. I key up, and I go, spin in front of you. This is what you need to do. And I look back because, as you guys know, as spotters, you can't look at your car and the wreck. you got to pick one. So I picked the wreck. I look back at my car. I can't find it. Put my binoculars up, and I'm like, man, that's my car sitting there with the engine laying beside of it. And what had happened was A.J. Amendinger didn't get the information they were wrecking as quickly as I gave it Elliot. He gets hit in the butt. Elliot gets sent to the infield, and where he hit was a guardrail with a mile of dirt. Well, let me tell you something. Dirt doesn't move. So when he hit, it shot his car backwards, pulled over 60 Gs was the data, and it flung. The, it flung. There's your word it again. It flung. It flung mm. the engine out of the car, and I thought he was dead. Once yeah, I, When I saw the car – I, I thought he was. I literally thought he was dead. And if he wasn't dead, I thought his eyeballs popped out of his head. Because how in the world can you Hit take that, that kind yeah. of impact? And and if you go back and Google this or YouTube this wreck, you don't have a really good view of Elliot in the nineteen car wrecking. But you'll barely see him coming to the screen, and you'll see him go flying back out. It's a, a very very scary accident. I think the craziest one I ever did it was Brad at Fontana when he rode the wall in that Bush yeah, car, the eighty eight yep. car. Yep. Yeah, that was probably. I saw him. AJ and somebody got into it, and I told Brad, I was like, get way away from him. We were way down low, and they got together somehow. It might have been AJ and Vickers or somebody like that, and uh, they come down and hooked us, and Brad went basically straight on under the wall and just on fire, rolling down the wall, and that was a pretty frightening accident. I still to this day, and, and I mean, I've unfortunately seen some guys lose their lives in, in accidents at, at these races, but the day that Michael McDowell hit in turn one and qualifying oh, Texas yeah. – I knew he was dead. I mean, I've almost vomited. I was Just, standing on pit road. It sounded like a bomb went off, and my knees got weak. I got nauseated because you were like, there's no way that guy lived through that. Holy cow. I mean, the, yeah. the safety stuff got that right we out. have in place, he popped right out. Yeah. Crazy. I, mine was uh, Buckshot Jones at Charlotte in the open. Uh, oh, shoot. The, the kid that passed away, Jason Leffler. Jason Leffler was driving this Celia car, whatever Celia car was. You were in was. a Georgia Pacific car, Yeah, right? it was in a Georgia Pacific car, and – Buckshot tried to wreck him and missed him and hit the wall head on, getting into one. Oh. And the, I mean, it put the motor in the passenger side. It broke Buckshot's Hans. I mean, we know Buckshot wrecked a lot, and I love him to death, but it, yeah. yeah, it broke his Hans. <laughs> and I was standing on pit road when Jeff Bodine wrecked that truck, flipped that truck oh, down Daytona. There at Daytona. I was standing oh. on pit road for that. So, oh. I mean, it, I didn't have bad. to spot nothing but myself from getting hit by the motor. Austin Dillon's wreck was pretty bad. Yeah. 
We were all right. That was right in front of us. Yeah. We were spotting from those right, bleachers. Well, thanks for bringing this up right before we go to Talladega, bud. You're not winning a T-shirt. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Everybody this week wins a T-shirt. Yeah. iTunes review comes from Glasshole Dad. He said, educational show in more ways than one might expect. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to explain motorboating to my 13-year-old son. He was <laughs> thrilled. Seriously, great show. Tons of insight into the track issues, the business of racing and racing life. Great mix of guests and personality. Something Motor new every boat. week. Keep it up. On the pond. So send me a message on Twitter at Hey Jason Schultz, and we'll get you your T-shirt. Oh my goodness! My seven-year-old already knows what it means. So oh, I'm just boy. kidding. <laughs> You're not. He's not kidding. Uh-huh. kidding. No, he's not kidding. Ish. You got to pick first, dude. TJ, you uh, need to win. How many out? races are left? Just six. Jason, right? six. So Five you got to win out it. to win. Or I think he can actually now, since there's six left, he can tie you by Phoenix and then win at Homestead. But yeah. yeah well. All right. Good luck. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, I'll take two. That's pretty good. I'll take the 22. I knew you were going to do that. I don't feel right picking myself. Well, I was going to pick me or you, and I'd already picked me. I don't, I don't so feel right. You. I don't feel right picking myself, so I'm glad you Can doing. I have the 88? Yeah, you can have the 88. <laughs> yeah, you can have the 88. Hey, laugh. Look. <laughs> you can have the 88. I'll block them. <laughs> All right. All right, Claw. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I love it. Podcast I still can't believe great. your mom's Kathy, man. You tell her she might remember me, but tell her I said hi. I'm sh- she's got a memory like an L. Well, that that car I drove there stood out. So, so TJ and I did door bumper clear live at Dover, and as we were doing it, and first of all, we had a great crowd show up, man. I was pretty, yeah, was uh, cool. I was pretty shocked to see that many people come out there and support us. And so all the crew guys were going in the garage as we were doing it right there on that main Xfinity stage. So we were giving some of them shout outs. So I get in the fourteen truck. And all my guys listen to the podcast, right? Because they give me crap about it. Probably the only reason they listen. So it's Meat, it's Russell, it's all these guys. And they're like, hey, ask TJ about that time he ran this this car at Bristol. And Russell's like, he sucked. They're like, ask him about this late model stock car he ran. And JD got in it and ran faster than he did. They, so they're begging me, TJ, to bring all them on the show at one time to give you crap about your race. <laughs> I would love to have them on here at one time. Number one, JD drove the street stock at a JD has no idea what that street. He has been mad since y'all started with Denny Hamlin, him blocking Denny Hamlin no. and Kyle Larson. Now you talk about his race. I just want him a chance to have a rebuttal against my whole team. I got to get out of here. JD was not around. That was my thought when I walked in. When yeah. we took that street stock to Concord, and the thing had like a late model motor in it, and it had groove tires, and it drove terrible. And uh, he takes it. This other kid drives it and wrecks it. This is a couple years later. Drives it and wrecks it. Well, JD goes and pulls out of the woods, makes it a. But like super good looking car, he does a really good job. JD's a talented dude. Jay, we he did. A, that's when they ran like them wickers on the roofs and stuff. He took it to Rockingham, and I don't remember what happened there. But uh, yeah, JD didn't get a chance to drive that thing at Concord. Russell said, it, I think it was dog. Russell or Meat. I can't remember which one. They said they really want to talk to you about when you drove the V8s in Australia. Do yeah, you that ever was, notice? Okay, that's a good argument there. I spun that V8 <laughs> supercar three times in one lap. <laughs> Do you ever notice? No matter what. No matter what, we always have an excuse why we didn't win. Yeah. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. This dude had a left rear tire that was better than mine. No, I, was, I will <laughs> say, the VA supercar, holy cow. That thing was... It uh, had to be fun to drive, though, if it was like that. Well, yeah, for the half a lap that I got to drive it. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was fun, man. I, well, I mean, it, I'll tell you this, though. We did a we went to a driving school, a V8 driving school, and we did a time trial competition, and JD was slower than me then, so there's always that. Yeah, okay. So, I got this. I, I didn't see any of this. I'm just going off of their stories, and they want to come on here and tell you about Listen, it. So th- I had to give you the message so you could give them the rebuttal. I got this. So they have a Thanksgiving classic 
Thanksgiving. Did I say that right? Thanksgiving Classic. Better than Benedetto. Oh, whatever his name is. <laughs> um, at uh, Southern National Kinley. I'll get us three cars. Okay. And I'll spot for you. Yeah. You can drive, too. Get four yeah, cars. Yeah, let's all just we'll drive. Get four cars. I'll get yeah. the guy to, to have like a match race, and we'll just go down there yeah, and do a match well. race. Perfect. You think Dale Jr. would come with That's us? That's a late model stock race, isn't it? Yeah, but we're going yeah. to drive like a mini stock. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, mini stock would be perfect. I've yeah, been trying to I'm get game. Breath to do something like this already. I'm in. We should. Uh, I'm in. I got my suit. My, I, I got to get my Hans recertified. I think Hannah beats all of us because, A, she's all good skinny. To go. And, two, she's drove some in the last 10 years. she can drive. It's in the last 10 years. As long as it's not Concord. That Concord's race. tricky, man. That's that scary. I, dude, I've ran, I've ran Pikes Peak in a super late model, and I Concord scared the crap out of me. I just do not like that place. My first race at Concord, I blew a right rear tire out of the dog leg. In yeah, that, in that street stop. That's what I'm telling you. That place is scary. Like it's a Pikes super Peak's fun race. Fun. Yeah, I like Pikes Peak. Did Bristol scare you also? I never got to race Bristol. Mm. Yeah, I never got to race Bristol. What a sh- shame. Oh, okay. Yes, it scared me on the front stretch. I thought I was jobless. <laughs> Chris, thanks for coming on, dude. A lot of insight. Yeah. Long you a long time, man. Wanted you to come in here. We wanted to time it right, though. I know you've been trying to trying to squeeze in I've here. I've been working it on Twitter. Yeah. I got a question real quick for you. When you lose, when your lights go out, what do you call it? What happens? Power goes out. Yeah, I lose my power. Okay. He's right. not from up there where Ellie's from. Wow, you sound current. a little... Yeah. Yeah, we ain't got no current at our house, man. <laughs> But what they say is they ain't got no current in that hearse. You know, wheel. House and motion you know, wheel. House. Yeah, wheel. <laughs> wheel don't know where he's at now. He's well, he lost. Won. Will won Darlington. I go to. I, I got a real good one right before. I know this is tape, but like I, I go to Emporia and I, I lived there for like six years, six seven years, and I show up and I'm like, holy cow, what has happened to this town? And it's like Elliot's top hand is in the old Piggly Wiggly. And it's like not a Piggly Wiggly no more. So they all still talk the same. That they don't have any current. And the hearse is uh, the hearse is right down the road. You know, it's water, it's, water, the house water. in the house. Yeah, it's because we're lazy. It, it was the whole reason why because we wouldn't learn. I moved to North Carolina and I did. I don't know how to say "dedabedo," but <laughs> and I call Riley Hershberger a hamburger. So I can't get that going. It's Riley Hertz. So I get it all messed up. But. Oh man! Well, yeah. Thanks for coming on. I love it. Thank y'all. Congrats on a good season, man. Yeah. The wins. Still yeah. got a chance to make top 10 with Justin. That's right. That We're average, that that's, average that's finish. That's what people don't realize, man, that, you know, the points. Like, I got the updated points this morning from Clint. And the point, like, you can make the round of eight and still finish out of the top 12 because they keep the points right. going. So, if, if fans weren't confused already, uh, there's still a lot to, to race for for the 10-car rest of the year. Yeah, uh, 11 11 car. car. Yep. Top, yep. We, can, we can finish as high as fifth. So, and that's our goal. You know, we were seventh with Blake Cook our first year. We need to be better than that. We haven't been in the past, so we want to be better than that. And Justin is definitely better than that. We just got to keep digging, race our own race, do our own thing, and uh, make sure that all them douchebags are gone. Hannah, thanks for coming <laughs> yeah. and sitting in. Hey, yeah, appreciate it. I missed you, even though Aww. you were late. Yeah, okay. I have, was not late. Have fun moving. Yeah, Next time you're offerpad.com. Yeah, I know. I was going to ask if you guys are going to come help me move today. You didn't go to offerpad. We're out. Yeah, not See y'all after Bye. Bye. See you. Bye. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.